We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Bakery, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, I'm a little delirious. Uh, it is 1120 at night on Tuesday, February 1st. We've made it to February. How about them apples? Um, today's episode is going to be a... Um, a conversation that I had with uh, someone who covers the Mavericks and has a Mavericks podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, Dalton Trigg. We actually had a conversation on uh, Spotify Green Room about Jalen Brunson, uh, the Mavs, we talked a little Christoph Porzingis, talked a little, uh, what else did we talk about? We had a b- bunch of topics. Kemba Walker came up. Um, so you're going to hear that conversation uh, in a bit. Um, but first I wanted to bring in my good buddy, Andrew Claudio. Hi, John. Hi, Andrew. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I had a tremendous day. Did you really? He's gone. He is gone. Oh, Officially. The bad man can't hurt me anymore. Tom Brady is retired. And that's the only football story we're going to talk about today. Didn't there's are a you, giants there's I was a giants say, are coaching you aware thing. of what oh, I I actually there. read the maybe I should do this like I did the Rangers story and actually give you some step by steps of no, what no, another no, no. organization's I, uh, tumultuous culture might look I, like I, I know what's going on I know I know about the lawsuit I know the texts from Bill Belichick that were mm-hmm. that made the rounds uh, I don't really care about any I mean I hear I do care about it from this perspective. The, the NBA or the NFL has been shitty in terms of hiring coaches of color for a very long time. And if what comes out of this is them becoming less shitty, um, kudos. That's going to happen. You're, you're, you're fun, John. You're, you're, you're adorable. Yeah. A guy, a guy could hope. This is um, the thing about the NFL. Here's the, I'll just say this. What? This is what's going to happen. They're going to say like, we are committed to, change yes, and yes, yes, yes. a better future and they'll write ism in the end zone of the chiefs like and just be completely uh, hypocritical yes. about what they do it's it's very much the the varsity football uh theory of like listen we're going to issue you a warning but if you do it again we're going to have to give you another warning like that's the nfl <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> no, that is the NFL. And that's, we, um, we reward them with 70 million people will watch Cincinnati, Los Angeles next Sunday. And you know, know what? I could say, um, eh, I'm not going to get into why I don't watch football anymore. There's a lot of reasons why I don't watch football anymore. I didn't, I did watch football over a little bit over the last couple of weekends, kind of enjoyed myself. I will probably watch the Super Bowl. Um, I can't you, guarantee it. Just Throwing, letting you know now, Jeremy and I will be watching the Super Bowl. No, I know, so I know. We we're not re- recording that. Night. I know we are recording. I know we were recording earlier that day Just and making sure. <laughs> yeah, but um, knowing me, I will. Pro- are the Knicks playing on Super Bowl Sunday? There's a good no, question. They are not. They're not. Okay, because they are playing. I actually forget the schedule, but they are off on Super Bowl Sunday. There is a better chance that uh, 
what's the fucking show my daughter watches? Ben and Holly will be on my television on during the Super Bowl. Then the Super Bowl will be on my television during the Super Bowl. Okay, party at the Macri's, a Ben yeah. and Holly party during the Super Bowl. Unless we could do a, a play date or something, some with and pawn off some kids on some somewhere else in the building, or maybe so. You know what? Maybe we'll be the nice parents, and we will allow other parents <laughs> to pawn their children yeah. off on us. <laughs> You'll set up and, a daycare for Super Bowl Sunday, so you can man, watch people's kids. I really don't mind. I have almost zero interest in watching this game. Okay, enough about uh, football. Fair yeah, point. Um, so yeah, uh, I, that was a fun conversation I had uh, about the Mavs. I thought uh, Dalton was a. I, I won't spoil anything, but I'll say I think Dalton was a little bit, um, little bit dismissive of the chances of uh, the Knicks um, acquiring uh, Jalen Brunson either by outright signing him or via sign and trade during the summer. But I'll I'll save that for when you hear it. I I'll just say I don't think they're going to trade for him. Me neither. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I want to be very clear about that because I think I was a little bit wishy-washy in the conversation. Um, do, we talked a little bit about this on the Patreon Patreon podcast. Uh, shout out to all of our patrons out there who are listening. I want to touch on it from a little bit of a different angle. Um, the, the trade deadline. So we're we're recording this on Tuesday night. The Knicks are going to play the Grizzlies, and then they have the first three games of the West Coast swing. I. I am starting. What's the best way I can put this? I'm starting to fear what will happen if this trade deadline does not go the way that certain Nick fans want it to go. Okay. In what way? Well, so right now, when you watch the Knicks, what makes you smile? The bench. RJ Barrett. Give me some names. Okay. So Quentin Todd, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin. I'm going to say Quentin Toppin. Emmanuel quickly, them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I looked up that. So I, I I'm, I'd be remiss if I didn't say a, a focused Mitch is just want to throw that out there. Focus Mitch is nice. Yes. Focus Mitch. You know what? You just made me do something that I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't going to do. So, I was I so I spent my Tuesday writing uh, a newsletter slash love letter to Quentin Grimes. Um, he is really good and he's mm-hmm. really fun. And uh, the Knicks, when he plays, have a different verve, a different energy. Right now, he's playing a lot of basketball, and I think he will continue to play a lot of basketball regardless of what they do at the trade deadline. That is not true of some other folks, though. Um, and like I was just watching his plays and how much chemistry he often has with um, Obi Toppin, mm. with RJ Barrett, um, defensively, especially with Emmanuel Quickly. And I was like, you know what? Let me look up those four guys. Grimes, Toppin, Barrett, Quickly. They have played thus far this season. Um Hold on, I want to make sure I get the exact number correct because I just had it up before. Yeah, 104 non-garbage time possessions. So that's probably about 15 minutes, something like that. Um, yeah. You know, 40-something, 50-something, whatever, somewhere in that range. Um, I don't I don't even want to read the, the net rating um, because it's like it, you don't get anything out of 104 possessions. You, you barely get anything out of 1,000 possessions. Uh, shout out to Bernard if he's listening to this. Um, but they they do, of course, have a ridiculous net rating when they all play together. It's like plus, plus 21.5. Um, but like, that's not really the point. The point is, I think at this point, you know, I, I appreciate Mitch. I, I all do respect to Mitch. But like, if you're like, okay, what's the closest thing the Knicks have to a core that I feel like going to be here maybe for a few years, guys that I want to see the guys that I'm really excited about growing, maybe turning a corner as a player, as a prospect. Um, I think it's those four guys. It's top and it's Grimes, it's Barrett and it's quickly. And I think you can make an argument that this trade deadline impacts the significantly impacts the role that each of them will have on the team moving forward. And with Grimes, I think it's just maybe he gets a chance to start depending on what they do. RJ Barrett, maybe it becomes his team depending on what they do. Emmanuel quickly, 
maybe he gets to run the point, depending on what they do. And then Obi Toppin is probably the biggest swing guy, right? Because there's a world where he plays nine minutes a year for the rest of the season or nine minutes a night for the rest of the season. And there's a world where he plays, I don't know, 35 minutes a night. Yeah. Um, Doesn't sound like it's a world you're counting on, Andrew. I just, I think, I think we're all hopeful that the deadline is exactly that a deadline in which like we're all counting down Hopeful of like, what? What do you think most Nick fans want out of this deadline? Randall's I, gone. Fournier's gone. The the, kids, everybody's gone. Just the get them all the hell out elevate, of here. Okay. The kids get promoted. Like, that's basically what I'm thinking because we know who <laughs> the adults have left for the weekend. Literally. <laughs> like, but, but it's not even the, it's not even it's more Lord of the Flies. Like, Lord of the, the Flies are by, left to themselves to figure it out. Um, Lord of the Flies. I Who's think, Piggy? I, uh, I'm trying to think who's who who gets killed at a certain point in the in the proceeds. Who's Piggy? Oh, Kevin Knox is Piggy. He's already dead. Oh, okay. poor guy. Yeah. yeah poor, that's poor unfortunate. Yeah. Um, um continue. I think that a lot of people are looking at next Thursday as after that, I'll be able to watch the the future of this team and just enjoy Nick's basketball without any expectations for the rest of the year where wins won't matter because like there there's development going on. And the reason why we're hoping that moves get made is because we know who this coach is. I don't think Tom Thibodeau, if enough veterans are left, will adjust his roster. You know, this is not like a shot no. at Tibbs or anything. I just, it's just a, a reality of who the coach is. Like if, if Alec Burks is still here, which he's I, playing. I don't, he's playing exactly. If Julius Randall is here, he's playing and just like go down the line, which is why I, I'm with you and that I'm worried about the reaction, but I'm also realistic in that like the better offers will be there this summer in how to shape your team because there will be 29 other teams thinking about what their roster can do to improve rather than the handful of teams that will be doing that this deadline. Um, so I'm, I'm skeptical about what activity we're going to get at the, at the deadline next week or over the next week and a half. But I'm also, I'm hopeful that like one or two moves get made. So that way one or two promotions get made. I, um, I do. I do think Randall will be here on the other side of Thursday though, which will then lead to some consternation amongst the fan base that wants to see Obi top and play as many minutes as he did against Toronto. Well, We'll finish this up by we'll go through each of the veterans and we'll give a percentage chance that they're here or they're okay. not here. But before we get there, I want to go through what I think Nick fans would be satisfied with. I think there's one giant one that Randall. Is like no, actually, I think I think there's a way you could work around it where Randall stays but gets shut down with this injury that we're all convinced he has. On the other side of the trade that on the other side of the trade deadline or other side of the all-star game, like Mello in 2015. If the only move that they made was Randall for I should throw a name out there. Mm-hmm. Let's say let's say they got Fox. Okay. So from Randall Sacramento. For Aaron Fox from Sacramento. Someone's I would do in a heartbeat. Sorry, Chris. I'm trying to think who's who's sending the pick. I think. I think we are, but I also think it's. Protected. I don't think we are. I think, I think it's the Dallas the pick. pick. Well, okay. I, think the- I don't. I don't distrust Brock Aller. So yes, we would get a pick back for that. You would figure out a like Jedi mind trick Sacramento's front office into thinking that we're giving up more. There's zero. I, after I'll say this: after watching Buddy Heald play bas- allegedly play basketball the other night, there's zero chance that they're going to acquire Buddy Heald. I agree. That is not going to happen. That is not going to be a thing that happens. Does Randall for Fox match up money wise? No, it doesn't. The Knicks so need the, to send something else. So Fournier, or does it have to be like Kemba? Is, uh, Fox's salary is like just above the because like the 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 player who's like the most expensive player that the Knicks could uh, swap Randall for like one for one. I'm pretty sure is Al Harford. Um, which they're not going to do after. And then the next two highest paid players after Harford are Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell. And then after Donovan, Oh, actually, sorry. They're making the exact same amount of money. 
uh, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Bam Adebayo, and Jason Tatum, all of whom are making the same because they all signed five-year maxes and from the same draft class. So the Knicks do, would need to send something else. Um, you know, but like, okay, so let's say it's it's Randall for Randall and who else are we sending? Randall and Burks. Okay. For Fox. Man. There's your trade. I, I, what happens to Kemba? Randall, actually, sorry. Randall and Burks. No, sorry. Randall and Burks for Fox and a protected first round pick. Uh, what happens to Kemba? That's an interesting one. I don't think the Kings would have any interest in taking on Kemba Walker. I mean, not with, so not with Davion go, Mitchell there and not with uh, Tyrese do Halliburton. Do the Knicks just find Kemba a home? So that way Fox can play and then Derek Rose comes back. I think they probably put Kemba in mothballs in that situation. Hey, I, I think there'd be another move. There's like a small move. That's like Kemba for like, so, but late, that's the thing is like, second. this is, this is what I wanted to get at. Right. Like, uh-huh. so what's the move that every Nick fan would want in their dreams? The move I just mentioned, right. Burks and Randall for Fox and like some small draft asset, even if it's a protected draft asset, mm-hmm. even that wouldn't like necessarily solve all their problems. Cause you're still like, well, what about Kemba? Yeah. I mean, of the realistic ones that I guess would be it. I think, I don't know if more, that's realistic, but well, like as far as like players that have been rumored to be in, in uh, trade rumors, um, over the past couple of weeks and not like NBA Twitter trade rumors, like been mentioned yeah. by people that know things that, you know, can happen. Um, that would be it. I honestly think if the move is Kemba traded, Burks traded, and then Randall shut down, fan base will be ecstatic. Oh yeah. That would, they'd be ecstatic. It, so it could be that small, like Randall doesn't even have to be traded. It's just not playing basketball for this team. I think the thing that, checks the most boxes for them is probably just moving Burks because if you move Burks and then you figure when Rose comes back, Kemba's just not in the starting lineup anymore mm-hmm. and he's not, uh, he's not in the rotation anymore. He just, again, he gets shut down, not perfect, but then you just roll out a Rose led starting five. And then your backups are quickly Grimes. Um, Cam Reddish Toppin and whoever your backup center is. So like moving Burks checks a lot of boxes. Moving Kemba does not necessarily check as many boxes. And again, it's like, so they, let's say they move Kemba, right? They have, and they don't move. So if they move Kemba and, and also move Burks, which again, everybody assumes are going to move Burks, right? Mm -hmm. Then who's your starting point guard? Your starting point guard is Emmanuel quickly, right? No, I well, okay. It depends what Derek Rose. Rose isn't coming back until after the All Star break. So for at least so a couple of days, least couple, Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So quickly is your starter. Okay. So again, I ask you, and again, maybe they lose the next four games, and like this all goes out the window. But I'm just wondering, like, have we shown? Have we seen any indication that? <laughs> oh my goodness! Now the other wow. child is up. The hold house is up. Jeez. Yeah, so we're going to do our percentages and get out of here. Have we okay. seen any indication that Tom Thibodeau is comfortable running quickly out there as a starting point guard? Not at all. None. No. That's why, again, I, I said this on, on the pod. I will echo Jeremy um, that the, what this front office needs to do is protect the head coach from the head coach and take away some of the veterans that would take up a, a lot of minutes down the stretch of meaningless basketball and give him a roster that's similar to the Toronto roster when they, when they played with, you know, limited talent, but a lot of development opportunities that, you know, make them watchable despite some of their struggles. I just, I look, I'm projecting on what I've, I've seen from the fan base. I I don't think they want to watch Randall figure Uh, himself out. No one's disagreeing about any of this. I'm just talking, I'm just trying to talk this out because like, I, I, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. Um, and not, I have a feeling this may not, this is not, I, I would, here's what I was like. I would be shocked if this trade deadline left people satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, I'll, can I wrap up with something and then like, we'll, sure. we'll send it to Dalton. Like 
One thing I will say is that as frustrating as the last, let's say two months have been, because there, I, I will not pretend like the, there weren't high points of the season that I enjoyed. I will say the last pretty much since mid-November and then the last week and a half. Um, as frustrating as they've been, they're all like on-court frustrations. Like I'm frustrated with like the team's performance, the lineup fit, the like minutes distribution and like watching some of the stuff coming from giants Twitter today, like that's off the field distractions like that. That's like, like institutional dismay that took me right back to the two thousands being a Knicks fan. Like that's why anytime people bring up the Isaiah yeah. Thomas era, that it You're wasn't right. as bad as people think, like, no, like no, there was it was a, worse. There was a two year stretch where I was embarrassed to be a Knicks fan because of the Anuka Brown Sanders stuff. So seeing what like that went that that's become with the Giants and realizing like as a Knicks fan, all I have to worry about is my basketball team getting better. Like, I don't want to say count your blessings that these are our problems, but like we've been through four seasons of the team not having an expectation to win. Andrew, and you're talking. You're talking to the guy who defends Tom Thibodeau after every one of these games. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I know what it is to watch a basketball team who doesn't care. I just think there's still a direction and that the progression yeah. isn't linear. This is, we took four steps forward last season. We might take like two and a half back this year, but like that, I'd rather be there than the 10 steps behind that we were like at the beginning of the 2019, 20 season. And that's why right. you, despite what happens next week at the deadline and over the next week, the week and a half, I'll figure out a way to be like, you know what? They're better today than they were at the beginning of the Leon Rose regime. I would just like to see a little more. I hopefully progress ex- extends even further next year. All right. Last thing before we get to Dalton, give me the Nick you think is most likely to be traded and give me the percentage chance you think he's traded. Uh, Alec Burks. And percentage and chance. And I'll say I'll, I'll go as high as like 65%. I'll go Burks 40. Burks 40. So you think there's 40% chance that the Knicks do any do any any move? I think there's a 50-50 chance they make. I think there's a slightly less than 50-50 chance they make no trade. And I think there's a slightly more than 50-50 chance they make a trade. You might as well say what we did on the Patreon pod that if you put the over under of players yeah. to be traded 1.5 by the next 1.5. And yeah. do you take the over or the under? You would I'm take taking the under. the under. I'm taking the under. I would also oh. take the under. I, oh, but I think it will be one. I do think they would make a move. I think they will make a move too. Okay. Barely. All right. Uh, this watch was fun. Watch, watch um, them trade over Toppin and then watch the, the Elmo with the- fire behind him meme starts happening. We'll be, I don't know. We don't have time to do this now. I was about to say, what would be like the player that if they traded Obi Toppin for them would anger the fan base the most? I can I'm like, I Dame. But, no, but I, this, you said for, angered the most, Dame. That's what I was going to say. With like, that would be workable salary. Oh. Um, but whatever. We don't have to do that right now. Okay. All the kids uh, for Dame. That's what it would be. It's for Dame. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I am joined tonight on the latest installment of Math Step Back Live uh, by John Macri. He is over at... Uh, Nick's Film School. Uh, we're both part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And uh, John, I, I, we mentioned it before we got cut off earlier, but the whole Mavs Jalen Brunson thing, it, it's uh, the rumors have been swirling for a couple of weeks now. You know, there's a there's a real connection with Brunson and the Knicks. Uh, but I mean, is, is the interest, at least from your perspective, you know, you you cover the Knicks, you're around. Uh, all the the local reporting and everything is it is it as strong as what we've heard on Arian? Like, do the Knicks do the Knicks really want Brunson that bad? In your opinion, um, I'll say. Well, let's start here. Um, I think any NBA team, regardless of of what their roster composition looks like, um, would be if they had a chance to to get a guy like Jalen Brunson would be crazy to not want a guy like Jalen Brunson. He is, um, you know, uh, I, is he a like top flight starting point guard? Is he a guy who in, in a perfect world is your six man? Is he a guy who's like a starter, but he, you know, kind of needs to be alongside another primary, obviously, which he, he has a, a great situation there in Dallas right now next to Luca. Like, I think some of those questions are maybe, a little bit up in the air. Like I was talking to Mike Bassick, um, who, who weeks ago, and he said he, he had Jalen Brunson as one of his top 15 point guards in the NBA. And I, you know, I, I, t- I said, you know what? That might not be crazy. Um, he's that good. As far as like the Knicks specific interest, here's the thing about the Knicks, um, especially this regime since uh, Leon Rose took over and, you know, World Wide West and they kind of brought in some new people. They really don't talk a lot. Uh, I mean, literally, they, they don't ever talk to the media, but they don't like not a lot gets out about what their true intentions are. Um, that said, uh, I am going to lean on someone who has been doing this far longer and is far better at it than I am. And that's Ian Begley. He's our local beat guy here for SNY, uh, formerly of, of ESPN. Um, when Ian reports something, you can pretty much take it to the bank. And uh, he's reported uh, that the Knicks and Mavs had conversations about Brunson over the summer. Uh, He's reported more recently that the Knicks are interested in Brunson. Um, uh, Some other beat guys around New York have reported that interest. I mean, I think it's a little bit too easy to say, all right, Leon Rose, Tom Thibodeau, you know, uh, Jalen Brunson's dad, all the connections there between both of those men. And then obviously Leon represented uh, Jalen as as his first agent, like all of those connections are there that by itself, I don't think means anything. Like I'll I'll just give you a very quick example. There was a kid coming out of the draft this year, Isaiah Jackson, right? Came in out of Kentucky was maybe going to be available where the Knicks were picking or around where the Knicks were picking, Um, you know, represented by CIA, obviously former, former, place where Leon Rose used to head up basketball there. Like he was never really on their radar. He's not the guy that they, that they wanted. So it's not like you could draw the, like connect the dots and like, boom, that's it. The Knicks are going to want a guy. But I think when you factor in their need for someone at that position um, and the fact that, you know, if they are going to stick with Tom Thibodeau, which there's no indication that they are. And I think he's here for the long term. He just seems like kind of a Thibodeau kind of guy. He seems like a Thibodeau point guard. He's so versatile. He's so tough. Um, so for all of those reasons, yes, I think the interest is limited or, or, or legitimate. All that being said, I would be very surprised if they did what it took to make a move for him at the deadline. Yeah, and I, I think the key, I think the key part of that report from uh, 
Begley, you were talking about is the if they talked to the Mavs, it was during the off season. And Jalen yes. Brunson has definitely taken taken a huge step forward this season for the Mavs. Uh, he was incredible uh, when Luca went out with that ankle injury for. I think I believe it was ten straight games, and he was so good that when Luca came back, he's been in the starting lineup ever since. And the Mavs have pretty much taken off, save for a few a few losses here and there uh, here lately. But uh, that's the thing. I, I don't I don't know that the Mavs have you know actually been shopping Jalen Brunson here lately. I think I think it's a lot of old reports coming up, and like you said, they. Uh, you know, there's all the natural connections there that make people want to speculate on it. But uh, what I was saying in our, our first take of this, where my connection was horrible, and I don't know if you heard any of it, but I, I did not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was talking with Mark Cuban briefly earlier today, and he said he told me that the Mavs are going to do everything they can within their power to try and keep Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, long term, not just past this trade deadline, but like to re-sign them this summer. So uh, th- they want to keep both guys, and they and he said that they would do anything within their power to do it. So to me, what that indicates is that you know to for them to do that based on the projections for what Brunson and Finney Smith can make this off season, they're going to have to offload some other salary. You know, they're, they're going to have to offload Tim Hardaway Jr., who just signed a, a four-year, $74 million deal in the offseason. They're going to have to likely do something with Dwight Powell, who's got one more year after this one on his contract, making $11 million, I believe. Uh, perhaps Kristaps Porzingis. There's really not much you can do with Porzingis because uh, I don't think anybody's just clamoring to take on his $30 million a year contract for the next two years after this one. But, uh, you know, I, that's what that indicated to me. You know, Jalen Brunson, he has elevated himself to arguably being the Mavs' second-best player, and the Mavs are approaching their immediate and long-term future uh with that in mind. Now, that's not to say that if, if something just comes along and, uh, you know, they just get their doors blown off with a trade offer for a, a true secondary star, then that derails all of that. But as of right now, the plan is is definitely to keep uh, Brunson and also Finney Smith, who has been a, a key contributor and arguably the, the Mavs anchor on the much, much improved defense this year. So I, I'm not, I, not going to doubt that if the if the Knicks find a way, you know, if they find a way to offer Brunson a lot of money, and I don't, I, I you you can help me with this. I don't think the Knicks have a lot of cap space this summer unless they create it. Uh, but I could see them offering Brunson a good bit of money uh, if they think that there's any chance. Of, of getting him to come to New York. But in, in all reality, the Mavs can offer the most money. Uh, they're, they're in a winning situation now. Brunson is comfortable where he's at. He has the bigger role now, too. So I think, uh, I think all the Mavs, Knicks, Brunson talk has, uh, has kind of we, – we've, we've gotten past the heat of it. I think it's mostly in the past now. I mean, you know, I think it's an interesting situation on a number of fronts. I mean, first of all, my, my own – suspicion and I've said this on my podcast several times and I'll say it again here is that I don't I don't think I mean let me rephrase that I can't remember the last time a team had a star the 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 nature or the the, the caliber of Luka Doncic that actively made itself worse in a season in which they could even remotely credibly talk themselves into, Hey, if a few things break, right, we can, we can maybe do some damage this year. The the closest thing I could come to that is when LeBron uh, was with the Cavs and they had an opportunity to trade, obviously the, the, um, the Nets pick and, um, whatever assets they had on hand to try to bring something in for, you know, the, his, what, what everybody I think acknowledged at the time was going to be his final run. I thought that I, you know, I think at that, that was such a unique situation, you know, 
And, and, you know, obviously that pick ended up being Colin Sexton and like, who knows what he's going to be neither here nor there. The point is like teams don't do this in the NBA. If you have a star in their prime, like a Luka Doncic, who is a top five, top seven, whatever player he is, you're not going to make yourself weaker in the season to, you know, regardless of what concerns you have moving forward, especially by the way, if you're Mark Cuban and you're not about to like exit the trade deadline with your tail between your legs, um, saying, um, you know, this was a move we had to move, make for the future of this, this franchise. Like that's just not going to happen. All that being said, um, I still thought it was an interesting situation to monitor because while I, I, I don't think for, I, I don't think it's realistic that the Knicks would send um, the Mavs enough before this trade line to allow the Mavs to talk themselves into the fact that, Hey, we could come out of this a better team. Even if we give up Brunson, I don't think that that, that possibility is completely outside of, of the realm, you know, which is to say like, you know, could you talk yourself into a version of the Mavs being better with, um, you know, Mitchell Robinson and Derek Rose. I'm just throwing two names out there. Um, but without Jalen Brunson and, you know, pick a salary, I don't, you know, uh, Dwight Powell, Reggie Bullock, whoever, whatever, whatever salaries get done, you know, so, that's why I thought it was at least a conversation worth having. The second thing I'll say, and I'll try to be quicker with this, is this summer you're you're dead you're you're correct in saying that the Knicks don't have the cap space to sign Jalen Brunson right now. The Knicks have been making um, uh, moves since the offseason to indicate that they plan on being an above the ta- ca- above the cap team going forward. And my my colleague Jeremy Cohen has spoken a lot about this. That said. They do have the ability, because all the contracts they signed, with the exception of Fournier and Randall, um, are, short, are short-term contracts, they can pivot. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean they have to pivot before the trade deadline. They could also pivot the night of the draft. But, like, these are all two-year deals, which means fast-forward to draft night, you know, your Alec Burks's and your Nolan's Noel's and your, and your Derek Rose's of the world, all of these things become expiring deals. So... If the Knicks wanted to open up the cap space to make a, you know, something I know the, what the rumor is, is like, uh, you know, four for 80 for Brunson. Right. Um, they could do that. And they have a bunch of second round picks. They can they can, you know, if they need to pay a little premium to offload some of this money, they could do that. Um, I just think it's going to be a very interesting situation because, as you just said, Cuban has no intention of letting this person go. They could offer him a lot of money. They could offer him the fifth year if they want to. I think it's just a matter of what is what does Jalen Brunson want? And is there a part of Jalen Brunson that may, you know, that may want to change the scenery? That's the part I can't speak to. I have no idea. And and maybe you guys would know better than me. Um, yeah, but, I, yeah, I think he kind of, you know, in a recent interview, I can't remember exactly who did it, but, you know, he did say that being in a winning situation – means more to him than just, you know, being the guy, you know, that, 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 that that takes, that, that's a lot to take into consideration too, because one of the, I think one of the main teams that has a lot of cap space this upcoming summer is like the Detroit Pistons, I think. So like, I I don't think with, with Cade Cunningham there too, I mean, I I wouldn't think that would make a lot of sense. I don't think he'd want to go from the situation the Mavs are in to the situation Detroit's in. So that's something to take into consideration. Uh, he's not the guy, but he is. He does have the much bigger role now. And like I said, he's arguably the Mavs' second best player. Uh, it, it just makes it so hard. E- even if the Mavs considered trading him now, his salary, which is you know expiring, it's one point eight million. It's just really, really hard to to, to do a trade and get back. Uh, the value that's that would be justifiable of trading him right now. It's really hard to do. And, you know, I, I've seen some people float out, and I've even written about it, you know, the uh, Mitchell Robinson and maybe the Mavs. Uh, 20, the 2023 pick, because, yeah. which is interesting, right? Because it allows them to make a whole bunch of other trades exactly. if they have that pick back. Exactly. It, it would open up a whole lot, uh, a lot more doors if they're planning on doing a bigger trade past that. Now, 
if, if they're just doing it to get the pick and use the pick, I mean, the Mavs draft history is absolutely horrible. Like, <laughs> Jalen Brunson is one of the few picks. Him, Luca, and then uh, Josh Howard back in 2003, and then they traded to get Dirk. I mean, that's pretty much it for their entire history of the last two decades. So, I don't know. I mean, I I, I think he's going to stay put. I think they're going to sign him to an extension, and he's going to stay in Dallas, you know, at least for a couple more years until uh, my buddy Kirk Henderson over at Mavs Moneyball, he always says that, uh, you know, when, when the Mavs do have the ability to trade first-round picks again, it's going to be just in time for the oh crap, oh crap, uh, Luca, please stay trade <laughs> <laughs> that, that the Mavs will attempt at some point. So uh, I, I think they've got a good thing going right now, and they'll they'll keep him around. But uh, one Knicks player that I want to get your thoughts on, and he's also kind of been involved in a few trade rumors here and there, uh, is Kimba Walker because he had the buyout with. Uh, the Celtics signed with the Knicks for, I believe, two years, eighteen million. So he's making nine million a year. Um, About yeah. What What is the situation with him now? Because I know at one point this season, uh, Thibs he he wasn't even playing him, uh, and then now I've seen a little bit more of Kimba Walker here here lately. Like, is that just is that just like showcasing him for a potential trade, or is there any possible uh, way that you know? He could end up being on the buyout market again, or are they just going to try and stash him and maybe use him as an asset around draft time? Uh, well, well, a couple things. For one, he's definitely not going to be bought out. Uh, the Knicks uh, front office, maybe under the last front office, they would have considered doing that. The, the last front office uh, bought out Joakim Noah when he had uh, a full, essentially a full two years left on his deal, um, although they only had to stretch one year. Uh, this front office operates a little bit differently. Um, they, I don't think they believe in uh, sunk cost. They will, they will try to make use out of any asset. Um, you know, look no further than Kevin Knox, who was was just shipped to Atlanta in the the Cam Reddish deal. Um, so they're not going to buy him out. As far as uh, is Tibbs playing him for trade value? No, um, Tibbs. <laughs> You know, Tom Thibodeau's a, he is a stubborn man, uh, for better and for worse. For better in that, I think in large part, his stubbornness is a, a big reason why the Knicks turned things around last year. Um, for worse, because he plays, you know, I, I think this season he has been a little bit inflexible in terms, in certain respects. In that, yes, as you said, he benched Kemba Walker and then brought him back into the rotation when he essentially had no choice. Um, and now, you know, we've had Kemba back for, you know, a couple, two, three weeks. He's not working really well with the starting five. He wasn't working with the starting five originally, which is why Tibbs benched him at first. And then he came back and he, he obviously won Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Um, but, you know, Tibbs tried Alec Burks as the starting point guard. Didn't really work out well. Uh, Derek Rose is still on the shelf. At this moment, Tibbs feels like Kemba Walker is his best option because I think he feels like, look, he's a point guard by trade. He knows how to run the, he knows how to play the position. He knows how to run a team. Is it working? No. Ask any Nick fan what it's like to watch the starting five. And they'll tell you, no, it's not working, but he's kind of, you know, again, he's stubborn. Um, He's also not playing him because he's trying to get him traded. And by the way, if he is playing him to try to get him traded, it's not really working because Kemba just went out and had his, I think it was his second scoreless game in his career when he played at least 17 minutes. Um, so like, it's just, it's not happening for Kemba right now. Tibbs is trying to win games. It hasn't worked a lot recently, although they beat the Kings last night. Um, do I think that they will look to move him? Of course. Do I think they're going to get anything great for him? Um, I'd be very surprised. I, I think it would have to be a team who is a contending team who is – because they're not – that's the other part. They're not going to pay an asset just to offload Kemba's contract, the ne like next year's $9 million. At least not right now they're not. Maybe they'll do that during the summer or on draft night or something. Um, but they're not going to pay an asset to offload the contract right now. And, uh, you know, if anything – um, it'll be selling 
you know, essentially as a, as a net neutral asset to some team, um, you know, maybe for, I don't know, like a top 55 protected second round pick or something. Um, I just don't know who's the team out there who is signing up to, you know, not only get Kemba for this year, but pay him a little over $9 million next season because he just like the health question and obviously his defense has always been a concern. Like those are real areas of concern. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know who that team is. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm when I think about the, the possibility of Kemba Walker in Dallas, I don't envision the Mavs, you know, if something were to happen, I don't envision them giving up anything more than, like you said, maybe, <laughs> maybe a top 55 protected second round pick and they have a $10.9 million trade exception they can use. So, you know, if, 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 if something happened there, I, I figured that would kind of be, uh, something to look at because, uh, Kimba is definitely not the player he was when the Mavs pursued him in 2019 free agency. They, they, you know, they went out and offered him a, a max contract and he ended up choosing Boston instead of them. And, uh, they ended up dodging a big bullet there, you know, <laughs> looking back. But, uh, you know, the Mavs need another secondary playmaker off the bench. Uh, they need another point guard with Jalen Brunson going into the starting lineup. And especially with Tim Hardaway Jr. breaking his foot, uh, you know, because that. I mean, had- I'll say this: I think Kemba could do that. I mean, the 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 hill that I've kind of been dying on for the last several weeks is move Kemba to the bench where he could have the ball in his hands, even if it's for only fifteen or so minutes a game. Move Emmanuel. We have a kid, Emmanuel, quickly, who's you know not really a point guard, but for that reason, actually, I think he would work better with with Barrett and and Randall. Um, and let Kemba go to the bench and let Kemba run the show. Tibbs has been resistant to do that. I think Kemba could thrive in that role, actually, um, because he like, you know, like you just intimated, he hasn't adjusted well this year to being a player that functions predominantly without the ball in his hands. The only thing last thing I will say about Kemba is the Knicks seemingly refused to do, to to use him in a role and and shout out to my colleague uh Ben Ritholtz for pointing this out a lot recently his he prefers to be a pick and roll point guard that's his bread and butter and the Knicks don't really use him like that they have used him like that at times they haven't been doing it a lot recently and i think that's because they just are trying to get Julius Randle comfortable and get Julius Randle going and that's that's not how Julius Randle wants to play if you use him like that and you use him in a more limited role and you put the ball in his hands, maybe with the backups, I think that could actually work. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that's something the Mavs would be interested in too, interested in too, if, you know, that's all they had to do is basically use their, their trade exception. And I'm sure there's some other options that they, they'll, they'll look around and, you know, try to use that trade exception for, uh, before that, especially if they think they can get Goran Dragic on a, on a buyout eventual buyout you know that seems to have been their their top option for the you know the secondary playmaker off the bench since the summer and it's just drug on and uh you know they haven't been able to acquire him yet but if that doesn't happen you know i could definitely see them turning turning towards uh you know a kimball walker type of trade uh, using that that trade exception because they that, it's just something they need they need and I know he hasn't been good for the Knicks this year but like you said move him to the bench give him less minutes uh let him kind of run the show and I don't think he's shooting terribly from 3 this year if I'm He's not. It's he, like 37%. Yeah, he's not shooting he's not shooting badly from 3. He still gives you the off the dribble stuff behind the arc. Like he like again did he like? Was he the very best player in the Eastern Conference? He the the week he won that award? No, probably not. But he was damn good, and he he harkened back to the days of like the old Kemba Walker, um, you know. So and, and then of course, you know, if you've been paying attention, he played a couple more games, and then he was out for for two and a half weeks or three weeks with a knee injury. Because so it's like you're inheriting a guy that is not only trying to adjust into maybe a slightly different role, but like. Can he hold up? Can he hold up for for four rounds of the playoffs? Like, can he hold up to the point that, again, for a team like the Mavs that has very real financial concerns, if they want to try to keep all of these guys together, is he worth going out and spending $9 million on next year? I, I, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that question. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides, change up the serving size when you have guests, or just double up on your favorite recipes so your box works harder for you. You can easily change your delivery days or food preferences or skip a week whenever you need. Feeding the whole family has never been easier with larger box sizes for more servings and more savings. HelloFresh also offers convenient, contact-free delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make, with steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you skip the checkout lines. Try our quick and easy meals, which include 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and 10 minute lunches in HelloFresh Market. Perfect for your busy schedule. Enjoy restaurant quality meals for less in the comfort of your own home. HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like balsamic fig sirloin are over 72% cheaper than an average restaurant meal. Look, guys, I don't have to tell you how busy I can be with all the work I do for Nick's Film School, as well as my show Final Review. My girlfriend is just as busy, and when that question comes up every night, what do you want for dinner, rarely do we both have answers. Well, we've actually been customers of HelloFresh for over a year, and we're thrilled when we found out about this sponsorship. Not only is the food delicious, but it's convenient to make and takes away that simple anxiety of what you're going to have for dinner that night. They send you a week's worth of meals, you cook them, you prepare them, you eat them, and then by the weekend, a new box for the following week shows up. It's that simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. John, I appreciate you joining me tonight, and I do want to ask you one more thing before we head off here. Uh, So... Three years ago, and we just passed the three-year anniversary of the Christmas hey. trade. Yes, we did. <laughs> is it is it finally time to just put it to bed on you know the fan bases debating on who won? Because in all reality, neither team has won pretty much anything <laughs> since the trade I, happened. So I'm not sure anyone won the trade. <laughs> um, look, I, I'm. We're gonna. I think the plan is to repost this on on my podcast feed, so I'm sure I'm gonna get a lot of people angry at me. But um, if they've been paying attention, I, I have I have never wavered from this point. So I'll say it again. I think the Knicks. I think the Knicks won in it, not the trade, but here's where I think the Knicks came out uh, for the better. In is that they did not pay him the max contract that he was seeking. Because I don't believe he has shown that he is worthy of being a max player. I don't think he has shown that he's a guy who, if he's the best player on your team, your team's going to be very good. And obviously, I think I saw Mark Stein tweeted out uh, updated uh, um, tally today. He's missed, uh, what is it, 18 games this season? Uh, you know, the guy can't really stay on the floor. He's, and he's always going to have those issues for, for however long he plays. So 
from the perspective of like, were the Knicks right to to look at Kristaps Porzingis and be like, this is not a guy that we should, you know, tether our hopes to, you know, and, and hitch our wagon to for the, for the next, you know, five years. I do think they were right where I have consistently blamed them. And I will not, I will never stop blaming them because I, I believe in this is that they were wrong to prioritize dumping um, salary in that trade. And I, I don't know. I, I, I've gone through the exercise. I literally dozens of times because I'm a sick human being. I, I don't know what the, what the clearly better trade was out there that in which they were like, look, we don't care about getting off of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s money. Like we don't necessarily care about getting off the final year of Courtney Lee's deal. We just want to get the best return for this guy. I don't know what that trade was out there that was better, but I am hard pressed to believe that that you could not find a better return than Dennis Smith Jr. and a, a, a top ten protected pick and and a, a, a pick that you know, you knew it was not going to be great and ended up being the 21st pick in the draft. That's always my criticism of it. I think they could have gotten a better return because, hey, like everybody else around the league has realized if a superstar wants to go to your team, they're going to find a way to your team and you'll figure out a way to move the money later. The only people who didn't realize that at the time were Scott Perry and Steve Mills who were like, oh, we have to clear cap space, you know, six months ahead of time. Like well, that- I, that was yeah. exactly the case with Donnie Nelson too. <laughs> it was the well, same. okay, so maybe maybe he didn't realize. Maybe the two of them. That's why they don't have jobs anymore. <laughs> same exact thing with Mark Cuban and Donnie Nelson. You know, for for years, you know, pre-creating uh, or pre-planning for cap space. You know, they they kind of uh, some of the moves they made, like even the contract that Jalen Brunson is on right now, and instead of him being an unrestricted, I mean, a, a restricted, a restricted, yeah. He's going to be unrestricted because of how they set up that contract. And my my hunch is that they did that in preparation for Giannis uh, 2021. And then, you know, that didn't happen. He ended up signing his max contract and then going on to win a championship. And now Donnie Nelson isn't there and it all just blew up in their faces. But, you know, I, the thing with Porzingis is everyone knew he had injury issues going into it. But when they made the trade, it's like, what are you going to do? Not give him the contract now? Oh, they had to. They had to. But the thing that's been most disappointing to me is when he's healthy, like he's, he's playing pretty good. I mean, he's, Oh yeah. But it's the fit with Luca. That's been disappointing to me. Like they've had their moments. There's been a couple of flashes, but just just from my viewing, I, it feels like it's still kind of an awkward fit. Like it's not a perfect, it's not a perfect fit for two players like that. Like like we envision, you know, people were thinking, oh, well, maybe this will be the the second coming of Nash and Dirk or something like that when it first happened. Well, I mean, it's it's obviously different players, so that was that was kind of dumb to say from the beginning. But you know, there there there's not that that true consistent synergy between them and they, they're fine with each other as, as people, you know, squashed any kind of beef that they might've had last year. And that's not an issue, but it just doesn't seem like he's the ideal player to have as a number two next to Luca. So that, that's what's been as disappointing for me. And, uh, well, you know, but I think, I think that's because he sees himself as the number one. And I think he got a taste of being, the toast of the town here in New York. And I think he loved it. I think he really loved it. And I think he probably figured, I, I don't, I think he, at, at a certain point he just wanted to get out of New York so badly because things were, I mean, the organization was in such a wretched place at that time um, that he just was like, I, I, I want to leave. And I, I don't necessarily blame him for that, but I don't know. Did he not think through Joining Luca, did he think it was going to be more like a one A one B as far in ter- instead of like a a one and like a you know a two B <laughs> or something? I you know I, I don't know. Um, and that's, but, probably, and that's yeah. probably right because I mean you could definitely see the difference in KP's morale this year when you know you went from Rick Carlisle basically just sticking him in the corner for the playoff series against the Clippers. And then this season, Jason Kidd, he's been a little bit more deliberate about getting KP his touches in the paint and 
you know, he, he, he's made a point to make KP more involved. And I think that's one of the bigger reasons uh, for him, you know, having a better mood this year. But, you know, the Mavs offense has suffered too. And I'm not saying that's all, all on that uh, specifically, but I think it does play a little bit of a role in it. So I don't know. I think, uh, you know, with the way Jalen Brunson has progressed for this team, I, I feel like that's where their focus needs to be for the immediate future. I think they need to look at, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. Tra- as good as- Tim Hardaway Jr. was viewed as an albatross contract when the Mavs traded for Porzingis and took him on. And he shot f- like almost 40% the last two years before this year. So, well, he wasn't healthy when they, when they traded him. That's, that's the other part of it that I hated. I mean, and again, I, I should be very honest. I was like on board with the trade at the time because like everybody else in New York, I was like, Oh great. We're getting KD. Um, but like they traded Tim Hardaway jr. When he, when he was not fully healthy and like, that's not a, necessarily a smart thing to do. You should trade when a guy's value is at his highest, not when it's at his lowest. But regardless, and I mean, I know people, I, I know it's wishful thinking of me to think that our, our respective fan bases will, <laughs> will will put it away until, and it probably won't go away until that last pick conveys in 2023. But, you know, until one of these teams, you know, wins something, I just, I just don't think there's going to be a clear winner. And to be, I mean, to be honest, I guess if we're being technical about it, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything left other than, than that pick, I guess Grimes, would you, would you? Well, so yeah. So the, so the, the 21st pick, they traded down and, and they got Grimes and they also picked up a, uh, I think it's a, tw- God, I think it's a 2024 Detroit second rounder. Um, so you know, and then, you know, they, I mean, look, this is like eye of the beholder type of stuff. There are some people that consider Emmanuel quickly to be part of the Kristaps Porzingis trade because they got the pick that was used to, 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 well, actually they traded down and then back up to get the quickly pick, but that's neither here nor there. But like that pick was from the Clippers who they traded Marcus Morris to. And like they signed Marcus Morris with the cap space that they, that they made. But, but like that was only there because like the, the Spurs like screwed up his contract and like he, he went back out onto the market. So it's like, you could do this a hundred different ways and like talk about like, Oh, what was the actual return at the end of the day? This is going to be judged exactly how you said it. When one of these, when when one of these teams wins something like that's, that's when it'll be judged. I forgot who it was, but I know somebody on Nick's Twitter made like a full blown. I know. I know. I see that was it. the funniest thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, but it, but, but it's open to interpretation. It's like, right. you know, you know, you're, you're, you're assuming that like, again, the Morris thing, right? Like, you know, or, or, you know, people are like, well, if, if, if they didn't trade Kristaps Rosingas, then they wouldn't have gotten Julius Randall. And like, yes, they, that may be the case. Like, I wonder how people are feeling about that now. Like they've, they've now signed Julius Randle to a, a four-year extension that maybe they're not feeling so good about. Um, I don't know. Look, I I, uh, I will just say personally, I don't miss Kristaps Porzingis. Um, it was definitely tough to watch him in a different uniform at first because uh, anytime he did anything good, I was like, you know, that should have been our guy. But I don't think he was right for the organization at that time, I think they needed a reset. I think they're better off having pushed the reset button. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, uh, saying, I, I don't think the Mavs are like definitely not going to win at all with Luca and KP as like their top two guys. I think it's possible. I think uh, that, but that's because I think Luca is incredible. Not because I think KP is like anything special. Right. Right. Yeah, we'll see how it goes this year. KP, I think most of the stuff with him, aside from this recent, uh, what they're calling a, a bone bruise in his knee, uh, I think most of it has been just caution on the Mavs end. Cause I mean, they just, they, they really just don't want another situation where you get to the postseason and, you know, end up losing him to something, uh, because he ended up playing a bunch of back to backs or something like that. So I think it's mostly caution and, uh, we'll see if the Mavs can finally get past the first round for the first time in 
uh, over a decade. It's, uh, they haven't won a first-round series since the championship year in 2011. And, it, you know, right now it's looking like it's going to be a relatively uh, – snooze fest kind of trade deadline for the Mavs and Knicks, but hey, who knows? This is the NBA. You know, stuff stuff can happen very quickly on a day-to-day basis, so we'll see how it goes, but John, I appreciate it, man. I've already kept you a little bit longer than, than what I planned for, but I do appreciate it. No, it's all good, man. I do appreciate you coming on and uh, talking Mavs-Knicks with me. We'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Uh, it's It was fun. Um you know, I, I hope uh, the trade deadline is a little bit more exciting than we we made it out that it's probably going to be. But, uh, you know, you never know. <laughs> You're, you, you definitely don't. Anything can happen in this league. But, uh, John, again, I appreciate it. And, guys, uh, be sure to go uh, follow Nick's Film School on Twitter and go give them a sub uh, if you want to. Keep up with the Knicks. They're, they're some of the best out there doing it. Uh, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the Mav Step Back Podcast as well. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Dalton underscore Trig. Uh, you can follow John at – hold on just it's, a uh, I got it. It's, it's at JC Macri NBA. Very easy. There you go. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, y'all have a great rest of your evening, and we'll see you next time. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks for uh, checking out this extended intro. Um, and here's my conversation um, about the Dallas Mavericks. All right. Do a quick outro and then let's get out of here. All right. Thanks for checking out uh, this episode. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. A uh, little bit of a non-traditional format for us, but I thought it was still fun. Uh, don't forget all the trade deadline stuff coming up next week. Uh, post game after the Memphis game. And then we got uh, Fred Katz of The Athletic coming up later this week. And uh, on that note, everybody enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.